Hello everyone, welcome to the Arseholics podcast, recording on the whistle on Monday night. We've just lost to Newcastle 2-0, and with it, basically out of the Champions League hunt, it's a really, really crap evening. I've got Aaron and Myers with me to share and just try and uh, get through this pain somehow <laughs> and put some sense into what we've seen we're going to try our best anyway. This completely unstructured episode uh, of just raw feeling. We did have to take five or so minutes before recording, though, just to uh, you know gather our thoughts a little bit. I think this is probably the most reluctant any of us have been to do do an episode. But <clears throat> guys, uh, thank you for being with me during this very difficult time. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it is difficult, mate. But hopefully, this will be a bit like a, a group therapy session and. Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe we'll come out of this in the next hour or so and be convinced that Tamo Puki is the new Lionel Messi. <laughs> you know, right? Do like, you know what? At the moment, I thought, I thought about this before. I thought about, you know, stranger things have happened. There are players in that Norwich team who probably feel like that might be the last Premier League game they ever play in their careers. They might want to go in the shop window. But do you know what? Right now... I don't even think that's the issue. I just don't see us being able to beat Everton on Sunday yeah. anyway. Um, but I, mean, I guess not getting too far ahead. I, I don't know what even the best way to start this episode is, but I guess maybe Arteta gave his interview after this game and it was really cold. It was really damning and and he didn't mince his words. He said it all out there. He said that effectively... We were rubbish. Newcastle were the better team the whole game. We didn't deserve anything from the game and couldn't make sense of how we performed that way. Aaron, do you agree? Yeah. I think, look, if you look at the performance, and I'm sure we can dig into why, there is absolutely no question about if we deserve to win or even if we deserve to draw. Like, we deserve to lose that game 2, 3, maybe even 4 nil. Um, we didn't show up. Whatever Arteta did to try and make it better didn't work. And then by the end, it was just, you know, hope, hope something would like, we would get a bit lucky, maybe a deflection, but none of that. You know, we were unlucky. There was some, we didn't play well. There were probably a few questionable refereeing decisions, but I'm not saying that the referee had any massive impact on this game, but. It was one of those where we didn't play well, but on top of that, everything, you know, we didn't get a single bit of luck that might have just got us over the line on a night like this. But yeah, no questions. Like, we deserve to lose, basically. My um, it was a game, right, when you contrast it to the Tottenham game. Tottenham, we came back reflecting. We were still very disappointed with the results, but there was lots that we could sort of say that didn't go our way and that was unlucky and maybe on another day that's not given and you need those 50-50s. This really wasn't a game about 50-50s, was it? This is this was just a kind of unadulterated, no excuses loss. Was there anything that you can think would have given reason for such a bad performance? Yeah, I mean, look, the last time we spoke, um, obviously after Spurs, I... I- sort of t- took a different view to a lot of Arsenal fans. I think I had a different view to you guys in terms of, you know, referee decisions, the penalty uh, incident. And I didn't feel like the players really, considering it was a North London derby, were either they either weren't up for the game 
started okay the first five or ten minutes, but I didn't really feel like they were they were up for up for the game, <clears throat> uh, except for Rob Holding and um, and I felt like the occasion, the atmosphere, really did affect them. And whether that's just down to lack of experience, lack of uh, being in that sort of position before, I don't know. And I kind of, you know, I, I predicted we'd lose today when we did our predictions the other day. And um, I put that down to, I mean, part, a big part of that was, you know, it looked like the defence was going to be a very makeshift defence. And obviously that wasn't actually the case, despite probably two out of the four not being fully fit. Um, but the main reason that I thought we'd lose today was I just thought kind of a bit what Gary Neville said, really. Um, I think it was Gary Neville, not just the fact that, you know, it was a Monday night game and, you know, the whole narrative at James's park under the lights, blah, blah, blah. But men- mentality wise, I really wasn't sure if these players were, you know, two, two quite tough away games in a row, um, two games where the crowd are really going to be up for it. And, two games where especially this one where the pressure was really on like I guess the, the, the Spurs game the pressure wasn't on from a points perspective but the pressure was on from a North London derby perspective and then today the pressure was absolutely on because Spurs won as expected um yesterday and I think I honestly think the I, I think I use the words I think the players might cave at St. James's park or something like that. I think I said, and I think that's kind of what happened today, basically. And I'm not, you know, I'm not happy. I'm not happy that kind of my predictions come true, but I think you could kind of see it in a lot of just the way the game went on Thursday. Um, it felt like it really took a lot out of, out of these players. And yeah, I mean, you could put it down to a number of different things, makeshift, you know, like, uh, Nerves, nerves were very. It was very, very obvious, right from the first minute. Ramsdale slipped over the first like sixty seconds or whatever. That um, playing out from the back, and we almost conceded when he tried to pass out. And Newcastle attacker blocked it, and luckily it doesn't go in. There were lots of things that were just indicating and lead, you know, sort of leading us to where like the result that we ended up um, getting. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the reason is, and I guess that's what we're going to explore and talk about. But, but for me, I think to a certain extent, the writing was on the wall a little bit because I just felt like, I'm not sure. I, yeah, I, th- I just felt like going into this game, if we, if it, ideally it would have just been nice to have like Newcastle at home, for example. And I just thought going away, just something about it. I felt like there was, maybe, maybe it's what we were talking about in the group chat um, during the game. There's just not really that many leaders in this team. And there's the leaders like Erdegaard's a leader, you know, he's, he's the captain at the moment. He's a leader by the way he plays and I know he presses and all the rest of it, but where's the guy who, you know, when it's one nil down and we've like, we've got half an hour to go, where's the guy who grabs a couple of players by the scruff, like literally by the neck and says, right, come on boys, we're going to do this. You know, we're going to give it out all there. There isn't that player in the team. You sometimes look at Xhaka and you see it, but I don't think he is the guy for that. Um, and I really think it was just a mentality thing because I think, you know, you see in patches over the course of the season, there's quite the quality is there, right? Even though we haven't had a a, a main striker all season or, a, you know, a top level striker, we've still kept ourselves in that fourth, fifth position for most of the season or, you know, for at least the second half of the season. So the quality is there. And I just, I, personally, I think it's a mainly down to mentality thing. And I think that North London derby must have taken a hell of a lot out of them and knocked a lot of the confidence out of them as well. I mean, Talking about the leaders and and the dressing room and the players, etc., is is worth 
touching on in Jacker's interview that he just gave now, right? Because it's worth before, you know, kind of jumping into the interview itself. Granit Xhaka is someone who is clearly very respected by his teammates. He's someone who was captain under Emery that was, you know, elected captain under Emery. He's always, you know, by all reports, he's someone who the players like, managers like, is a good influence in the dressing room. We've just seen his interview now after the game and, you know, he's he's, he's sort of fronted up. Fair enough. You know, I suppose you have to pat him on the back or anyone on the back for fronting up after a game like this. But he's his words were pretty cold, right? As well, he, you know, he really, really. I think what was two, two things that were interesting. One, I think that he was very explicit that they the players didn't do what the coach told them to do. He said that twice in his interview very clearly. He said the coach gave us instructions. Coach tells us what to do. We didn't do it. And then he basically very clearly sort of called out the fact that you can't make any excuses about age, whether you're thirty five years old. 25 years old, 10 years old, he specifically said, um, you know, if you don't, if you haven't got the balls to play, you should stay at home. And I mean, that's clearly, that's pretty cutting. Like, I don't know if there was something that would have happened in the changing room, just, you know, even after the game, just, you know, before he, he came out. But did that surprise you? I mean, Aaron, did, did that surprise you what, what he said? Because that's clearly someone, again, who is a respected figure in the dressing room, effectively calling out the mentality of his team. Um, I don't, I don't like the fact that he came out and said it, but there is an element of truth in what he said, but it's not, it's not something that's surprising. It's not something that's unexpected. And we should, as a team have been you know, prepared for this. So I'll explain. So at the end of the day, I think you, if you kind of look at the reasons we've, um, we've kind of crumbled in the last, not just the last two or three games, but really the last, what, seven or eight. I think we've lost six out of our last 11, right? So um, I think you can kind of put it down to like two things, right? You can, we've basically got some really good players who aren't experienced enough. And then we've got some really experienced players who aren't good enough. And I think Granite Xhaka is probably one of those guys who's maybe just about in the middle and probably doesn't fit into those categories where he is experienced and he's he's been okay in these last few months, but he hasn't really been you know top quality except for a few games here and there. And what I think he's probably quite frustrated when he when the ball goes forward like it did today, nothing happened. Right, it didn't happen with Saka. Saka did a bit, but couldn't really make it work. Erdegaard couldn't really make it work. Martinelli couldn't really make it work. Nketiah couldn't make it work. Smith Rowe couldn't make it work. And I think he's probably looking at that and is probably very frustrated, right? Which is like, I've got a bunch of kids going forward trying to get us a goal and it's not working. And that's probably why he's come out and said that. Um, and I think the truth is, like, there is an element of truth there. Those, all of them didn't really play that well, right? But he's also completely forgetting the fact that we have a bunch of senior players who also haven't delivered, right? The likes of Elneny, the likes of Cedric, the likes of, um, you know, Pepe when he came on, Jacka holding in the last game. Like all these players have also let us down in the last couple of games as well. Um, but the reason I don't think he should have said it is, well, A, I don't think you dig out players like that anyway. I, I don't understand what he he gains by 
coming out and saying that. Like the only thing he's he's doing that is to make himself look like a. It's just frustration, though, isn't like it? A leader. It's frustration. I mean, yeah, but like. I don't really have too if, much of an issue. Well, when his teammates see that, like, what's he going to... I don't think they're going like, to Like, it doesn't... I, I, do you really think they're going to be... Well, I mean, is there anything that... I mean, to be honest, I think part of it was he was just answering a question which was something along the lines of, do you think the the age of this team or maybe maturity of this team, like lack of maturity is what kind of cost you today? Something I don't know, I'm paraphrasing, but it was something like that. So I think, obviously, he has to give an answer. Granite Jack is Granite Jack. He's going to... He's pretty straightforward and to the point. I think he's given an answer to the point. I don't think that, you know, if I, I, I don't know, I don't really see, I wouldn't see myself getting pissed off if I'm his teammate because I don't think he's pointing the finger at me directly. I think he's just saying every, like he's basically answering the question and also saying, yeah, we weren't, it's kind of like what Arteta said, really. We just weren't, we weren't at it today. Um, and I think it was quite clear that we, 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 we did cut. Do you, do you not think we caved today? Like well, it's obviously I, not a quality thing compared no, to. I guess, well, my point is, right. And, like when you've got these young players, you will get this. Like mm-hmm. it's no surprise that these players who have never been in this situation before, the likes of Martinelli, the likes of Saka, the likes of Smith Rowe, even at the back, players like who are a bit older but still not exactly, you know, experienced players like Gabriel Ramsdale, Ben White, uh, Tavares to a certain extent. None of them have been in this situation before. None of them have been in a in a run in where they've had to deliver against the odds, sometimes when you play well, sometimes when you don't play well. And and at that point, they look to the senior players to say, okay, like, I'm not playing well here. I need a, an experienced player to come on and like bail this team out. And and there's no one. Who do we bring on? We bring on Lacazette, who hasn't scored in open play for months. Yeah, so, so we bring on Pepe, so, who hasn't done anything. I mean, that's a separate so, thing, isn't it? Right? That's sort of about squad depth and quality through the squad and especially the experienced players because we all know we've got a good group of young players that should hopefully reach a level that, you know, might take us back to the top, as it were. But they obviously need to be supplemented with, but you know, the quality and no, the experience. No, I, but it, the, yeah. Granite Jacker saying that in an interview, I don't really see what the problem is. I think the only thing, I think probably the only thing, because I agree with you, Mize, that I think that, I don't really have an issue with what he said because I actually think from when you watch that game, that's what it looked like to us anyway, right? So, it, it, it and, you know, we were screwing all game at the mentality and just why they weren't able to rise to the occasion in any way. I think what might have, I don't know whether, you know, this was intentional or not. I'll, if, if you give him the benefit of the doubt, then it was probably unintentional. It didn't sound like he was referring to himself in this as well. And if he if he did, if he made it explicit, say if he said, listen, I'm including myself in this, like, you know, I was terrible or whatever. We're nitpicking though, aren't we? Right? We are a little bit. But again, I, I think that the way that it was delivered, although I agreed with pretty much, I personally agreed with every word I did, um, and I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I think the reason why it could be interpreted in a in a challenging way, you know, for him in a critical way for him is it it sounded like he was sort of preaching about it when in reality he was garbage today and in my opinion was garbage against Spurs as well and I mean that more from a mentality perspective. Um, so it, you know, may, maybe if I'm being harsh, and I think with with Aaron and like with all the stuff that you you said, I, I agree with with most of it. And I, I I agree with the assessment that you made kind of about how you can almost split our squad into two parts, but I'd, I'd, I'd change one bit of it. You know, you, you sort of said sort of experienced players who aren't very good. I agree with that. And you said sort of, you know, very good players who aren't experienced. 
I'd probably change that to say very talented players who aren't experienced. I'm not convinced. Yeah, yeah, I'm not convinced that you can call many of these guys very good players yet because I because I feel that that comes with consistency. I think to be a very good yeah, player, yeah. Do you know what I, I mean? I'd agree with that. I think. Look, I think we have to ask ourselves: yeah. Was it a wise strategy to bank on all of these players playing together and being expecting them to deliver? Um, consistently for a whole season because that was basically our plan. that was always the plan right and if you say that then you know maybe fourth was never achievement yeah exactly and i think that right? it's important to put that into context as well right because we've we've all got our hopes up because we <laughs> we looked like we could finish fourth yeah and i think all of us not you know, none of us thought we would finish fourth at the beginning of the year you we hoped you know we all had this slight hope but we didn't think it was going to happen and now because it looked like it could be a possibility you know, we're disappointed, particularly with the way, I mean, you know, as you saw on Sky Sports anyway, you know, they flashed up loads of graphics. And at, you know, at one point, a few months ago, you know, we were we were fourth place with three games in hand to Tottenham with, you know, a number of points above, right? And it was, you know, when you yeah. look at it like that, you get really frustrated, don't you? Yeah, you can't not. And, you know, the questions that will be asked about this team are valid, right? Which is... Do regardless, this team has shown that we have a serious problem performing under pressure. When the pressure's on in these big games, and you said it, Myers, like they went to White Hart Lane, we went to St. James's Park, and you know, you knew, and yeah, I kind of in the back of my mind also worried that this was a, a difficult atmosphere and they couldn't really step up. The, the reason I'm giving these young players uh, a bit of a pass is because. You know, the idea is that when they go through this, next time they learn from it, right? This is the first time this bunch of young players have gone through this. And this is the first time they would have, you know, it's almost like you, you're not really expected to get it right with this bunch of players first time around. They almost have to go through this process of um, knowing what it's like in these big games and figuring out what you need to do in these big games. And that's where you need the experienced players. That's where you need a player like Granit Xhaka to step up. When a player like Lacazette comes on to say, I'm going to take charge of this attack. Um, Pepe, to a certain extent, um, he's what, 26, 27. He needs to be like, I'm a serious guy. I'm going to come in and show you young players how to take, you know, take control of a game. And none of them have done that. And, so I think that's really where my frustration lies, which is there was always, when you bring any young player into a squad, even if you bring one young player into a squad, you, you run the risk of them having a, like a patch where they're just not able to do it, where they haven't yet figured out the maturity to get to win yeah. a game by themselves. And yeah. we've got like four of them, five of them, and then a couple of like young players who probably aren't good enough either. And then you throw them on with, you know, defenders like Cedric who just constantly make mistakes, players like Elneny who are, you know, lovely guy, but very, very limited. And, you know, I think Jack is probably, the reason Jack is probably frustrated, he's probably like not bad enough to be a, a bad squad player, but he's not good enough to like win a game, especially in the position he plays. He's never going to win the game for us by himself, but he looks around and is like, who, who is there to, to, to run this team? Yeah. And it, it's not him. And, you know, I think if you look at our squad, the only player who's got that sweet spot is Thomas Partey. And, you know, man, have we missed him. 
we missed him a lot more than I thought that we would. Okay, maybe, no, maybe that's not true. Maybe I did think that we would miss him, but I think we really realised that. And I, well, what I was about to say is that we really realised how limited our central midfield is without him. I, I think whenever I, I say that out loud, whenever we talk about it in that way, I feel a little bit harsh because I do feel El Neni has chipped in really well over this period, and we've got some good results with him in the central the central midfield. But like you say, I think my my issue with El Neni, I'm never really angry with him. I'm never really it's never really a case where I'm there going, you know, you've you've lost us a game or you know, you've you've let us down because at the end of the day he he is just a pretty limited player and he'll he'll put lots of effort in, but there's just a lot that he can't do. And over the last two games, I feel they've both been games which we've been crying out for central midfield control and a bit of domination both in the Spurs games and and and, and in this game. And he doesn't give you that very easily. He's de- certainly not going to give you that in a progression perspective, because again, today, the amount of times where he'd get the ball and Partey would probably try something a little bit daring. He'd probably quit. He, he, he'd get forward very quickly in about two strides and then sort of flick a kind of lofted through ball, you know, something interesting. It might not work half the time, but it might sometimes, but then he won't do that. And there were so many backwards sideways stuff. So I think that, as much as I have been quite critical, I think, you know, sometimes on this episode, on on this podcast, or when we've spoken on private, I've been quite critical about overrating our young players. I've said, you know, are they actually good enough? By far, I think I agree with you. I think I agree with, you know, what you're saying. I think you and I are on the same page, Aaron, and in the sense that for me, it's our experienced players that have let us down, to be honest. And some of that is through just their quality, not necessarily that they've let us down because, you know, they've not been bothered. But some of it, like today, I feel like they must have, as a senior group of players, they must have just spoken to each other before the game and just said, we're really going to need to show up. We're really going to need to show the rest of these guys how to, you know, handle this situation. We have to lead by example. And that, unfortunately you know, for me, it's it's just, it's inexplicable how that didn't happen. I don't just mean the guys who started. I mean, your Lacazettes, your Pepes, Cedrics, you know, all these guys, you've got a part to play and and they just didn't for me. And I, I'm, I'm finding it really, really hard to reconcile that. And I'm, you know, and I wonder if the dust settles a little bit, whether actually I'm going to blame Arteta a little bit. I don't know. Like maybe. Well, I'll ask you that yeah. question. Okay, no, wait, first, I just, yeah, I think I, I definitely agree with you that the more, when you put it like that, players like Lacazette, players like Cedric, I don't ever want to put Elneny in this, um, but, you know, even players like Aubameyang who buggered off in January because he, you know, had attitude problems, they were cowards and they hid behind players like Saka, Smith-Rowe, Erdegaard, and then to a certain extent Martinelli to, to bail them out. And you you take, let's just say, like you take players like Lacazette out of this team, what would we miss? Nothing. You take Saka out of this team, we'd miss a lot. You take Martinelli out of this team, you take Erdegaard out of this team. So I, I agree there's frustration with these young players, but you take them out of the team and we have nothing. Mm-hmm. Like there is no one else to even try and step up and to constantly rely on them to bail us out. And I say, especially this with a focus on Saka, because he's looked done the last three or four games yeah. he's completely exhausted yeah. because we've basically he's basically carried this team for a year and a half and 
the one time where he wasn't performing, he was crying out to say, someone else step up and carry yeah. this team. And, you know, in an ideal world, maybe that might have been Nketiah. Maybe that might have been Smith Rowe. Maybe that might have been Martinelli. And yeah, there are questions on them to say, you know, why didn't they step up? Are they not ready? Are they not good enough? But someone else somewhere had to do a job. And Yeah, it should have didn't. been. It should have been Pepe. It should have been Lacazette. It should have been those guys. Yeah. It should have been Aubameyang if he'd wanted to stay and be part of this this team and not and you know commit and 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 then you know there is a responsibility on the manager and Edu to say you know what is what like I'm banking on this and if it goes wrong what is the plan B mm. what is the plan B when Saka stops scoring what is the plan B if Martinelli Smith Rowe all hit a bad patch at the you know at the right time what is the plan when we go into a difficult game where we need someone to step up. Who do I bring on? Um, and he basically decided that, you know, Lacazette and Aketia were the were the answers. And you know, it's a it's a gamble that hasn't paid off, right? And this is when you go back to saying you you want to ask questions of the manager and the team. Like, are those questions transfer questions or are they tactical questions? Because I think it's fair to say, you know, the squad management has been quite poor. Right. And I was thinking today, like, we let Maitland-Niles go in, in January, right? Like, imagine that was January, right? I'm making that up when we let Maitland-Niles go. Yeah, it was It was January, yeah. right? It, imagine having Maitland-Niles in the squad right now. Yeah, I think... That, that, um, yeah. Like, these little things make a difference. Um, I don't know, mate. I think, I think if Maitland-Niles was... I think... <laughs> This, I mean, that's just hindsight. Oh, not like little things, right? Like we let Chambers go. Like, I know Chambers was never going to win us this game. Right? It's all hindsight, but, though, isn't it? I, I mean, yeah, okay, we let is, Chambers go. But, like, but, I mean, like, if, Maitland, if Maitland Niles was in the squad and he was coming on and playing shit like a few other players are, I think we, we you we'd probably be the first to be gunning him, saying we want I want to sell him in the summer. Like, there's very little point, really, for me anyway. I think there's very little point in sort of talking. I mean, you can say that, but at the same time. The squad, from a squad management perspective, we we aren't in Europe this we haven't been in Europe yeah. this season. So why there were players that wanted to probably go last summer that didn't go, you know, money came in for Chambers. I think it was good money from what I remember. I don't know, was it good money? I think it was right. It was twenty. Was it twenty million? No, or I'm it, making I, it don't, up? I don't think it was that high. No, I think okay. Chambers was really low, wasn't it? Oh, was it? Sorry. Okay, fine. Maybe. Yeah, it well, yeah. <laughs> but I, I get your point. I think it was more just that there are a lot of like micro gambles that we took with this squad. And, you know, even like some of the ones that might have looked like good ideas. And yeah, this is hindsight, but, you know, that's, that's kind of what we hear. Like we got Tavares in as our backup left back to be like, we know Kieran Tierney's going to struggle. Um, he hasn't really worked out yet. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure. Like, I, think that's t- I think it's tough, mate, because I think that we do remember bad moments, right? A lot more than we remember the good moments. But there, there was definitely a period early on season when we lost Tierney, that that Tavares was surprising everyone with how good he was. Well, I agree. I agree. And he's he's a young player as well, right? Yeah. So I'm not writing him off completely. Yeah. He had good moments, but he's also had bad moments. Yeah. Um, I didn't think he was particularly bad today, right? No, but I agree. Was, I'm just saying that like, all of these, today. yeah, all of these like little micro decisions, some of it's just bad luck. Like we brought Laconga in, um, as our uh, kind of yeah, but mate, backup I mean, central midfielder, that hasn't worked but, out. But, there, but so, then you've got to think like, okay, but you've got to frame it in the way that, yeah, we didn't, because oh, I've said this already, we didn't don't have European football, we didn't have European football. And the whole squad 
um, like the renovation of the squad is has has like it's still probably taking place now. It's taken place over the last couple of years, and it's still taking place now. So you're saying this on the basis that um, top four was uh, this is a separate conversation, but top four was the target at the start of the season. It, you're only saying this now because of how the season's panned out. Yeah. Right. If we'd have if we'd have brought in Laconga and Tavares and they'd have kind of done jobs and shown potential, but not really been ready for the first team, but we'd have gone from eighth to fifth in the last few games and finished fifth, which is where we're going to finish now, you'd probably wouldn't be saying that, right? So, if the target at the start of the season was never Champions League, if the target at the start of the season was Champions League, then of course, yeah, we we, sh- yeah, we probably yeah. should have. And also, I don't think you can really factor in what happened with Aubameyang because we've been saying all season. I mean, you can factor, you can probably, we probably should have predicted his form wasn't going to be as good considering the last season. Fair enough. But I think, as I think you've probably said, Aaron, and right, uh, uh, kind of uh, an Aubameyang at 50% playing 30-odd games a season probably still gets you more goals than Lacazette and Nketiah do, right? And we we couldn't, no one could have predicted that we were just going to let Aubameyang go in the middle of the season. And he wasn't going to play from whatever it was, November, because of disciplinary issues. Like, we didn't know that was going to happen. So you could argue we could have addressed that in January. And obviously, we did try to. But I think there's a lot of... I think it just sounds like there's a lot of kind of like, we should have done, should have done this, we shouldn't have done that. But... No, no, I guess... I'm not sure. I, yeah, I, don't I agree. Buy that uh, some of that is... Some of that... I think my, my general point is that... How do I put this? There's There's been a lot of... There's been a combination of gambles. I think generally there's been a lot of gambles that have not worked out when it's come to the squad. Um, now, is that... And I guess the question is, did we take too many gambles with this squad? So that, your question there, right? So aside from the Aubameyang one, which I think we all accept, there's lots that we just don't know. We obviously don't know, right? There's so many things that that clearly have happened. So let's just ignore the Aubameyang one for a second. Which of the other gambles do you think didn't really work out? So I think there are, there are a couple of things that didn't work out right. So we gambled on, you know, signing young players generally. So And there's a question you can ask about, did we not supplement the squad with enough experience in the transfer window? Um, you know, I'm not saying I would have done differently. Like we were all very excited about the young squad that we're building, right? In another in another world, Tavares turns out to be a brilliant left back. But can I just pause for, right. for a guy? So, yeah. so, but the reason why we were excited even at that time, it, we weren't excited because we thought that that was going to get us top four this season. Mm, exactly. So, so we were excited about it. At, so, so that shouldn't have changed. So that wasn't. So we knew that that was going to be the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair. Okay, I get that. I think I think my bigger issue is with the gambles that we took in January. Um where we didn't we let Abamian go and I think again I'm broadly in favour of that because his attitude wasn't right and in the long term it might have cost us more points. And we and again but, we don't know what happened behind closed. And we don't we have no idea like what he was doing yeah. exactly. Um but it's safe to assume there was an issue there with Abamian. Yeah. Um and we didn't get anyone in. Um we didn't really get a central midfielder in uh, where I felt we should have done. Ironically, the what, the guy we were chasing was the guy who kind of killed the game off today for us. Um, and yeah, I think they were probably the two main things, I would say. I think we, we basically, 
and we've discussed this before, we probably don't need to go into it again, but we basically made a call in January to say almost that I don't think if we don't get top four because we don't have that killer instinct in the box, then it's okay. And we're happy with that because it will mean that we will probably have more in the summer that we can commit with. Which is like, okay, like I'd rather not sign a bad player now that might hinder us in the long term. Yeah. Um, versus, well, a bad player would just go all out to try and find someone or overpay or whatever because actually the long term plan is more important. Yeah. Um, do you, and, and do you and not like, is, and do you disagree with that? Not, not really. I think, I think it's more just the frustration that actually I don't know if we, I don't think we thought we'd be this close. Mm-hmm. At, in January I don't think we realistically thought we'd genuinely challenge for 4th in January and therefore the frustration I think if you you go to Arteta now and say would you have found a, a 20 million striker that whatever and found an extra 30 20 30 million for a striker that may have just helped out players like Saka Martinelli and Nketiah to get them over the line in one of these games I think you'd probably say yeah so I, I, I suppose a follow-up to that is I understand that, say if, if you told him that, I've said you're going to be really close. So, hey, you're going to get more money from the Champions League anyway. So just, I don't know, spend 20 million that you weren't going to spend before and, you know, whatever, that plus wages, you could probably cover that with your Champions League money, etc. Do you guys think, maybe I'll go to you, Miles, do you, do you think that there was ever a case where their reason for not pushing ahead with a strategy like that was because they thought, We've we've got a very clear plan of what we can afford over the next I don't know however many years, and we genuinely do think we can build a squad that is able to compete in the Champions League, you know, in two three years. And we think that you know, but it's going to take some strategic planning in windows, etc. Do you think there was any element where they thought, look, if we just push in January to just do some fixes that we think are going to get us top four? that might not actually be the best thing for us because we might not be able to build a squad that's able to compete in the Premier League in the Champions League next season. We'd rather kind of take it a bit slower, carry on with this strategy and make sure that everyone kind of peaks at this great time and the plan just goes perfectly. I, I, I'm not sure that's the case. I think it's a combination of what Aaron said around in January was top four ever really the target. Like, did we realistically think we'd be you know, four points clear going into that Spurs game, three games to go. And I think also clearly Vlaovic was the target. Well, you can only believe what you read, right? And what Mm. Fabrizio and other people tweet, but, you know, it sounds like that was the target or he was the target, sorry. That didn't happen. Um, He was the, you know, 70 odd million pound striker that um, we were after. And assuming that you then go to plan B and he's also another 50, 60, 70, 80 million pound striker, might just be a case of that target isn't available, wasn't available in January, and um, they, they 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 and they wanted to stick to that plan, which is try and get that target or those targets in in the summer. Um, and yeah, I think I personally that's what I think. I think it's a combination of that. But to be honest, like I don't know, boys, I feel, I feel like all of this is just like why why are we even talking? I do feel like why are we even talking about this to a certain extent because it wasn't that long ago yeah. we just beat Leeds and we were like 
fucking hell, these boys are good. Even though we didn't play amazingly against Leeds, we just got done four on four on the bounce and beating Chelsea, West Ham, and Man United, and there was no talk of any of this. So this is all no. But I don't. I don't ever think we ever considered that this team was good. I think the feeling was we we have a very very limited team, especially with the injuries that we had, and we are basically squeezing the maximum possible out of every single it's one of those bit players. Harsh. You said this team is not good. I don't know if that, that seems... That's a... The team that we... With the injuries, right? The, the teams... So, mm. so, I mean, like we had, we had a team with Nketiah, we had a team with Elneny. That's we the same Cedric, team that played against had... Chelsea, right? I mean... Yeah, that, that's what I mean. Over the last kind of four or five games. Yeah, we, we put four I past think... Chelsea and played like played pretty well. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like this is... Like, obviously, it's going to be... We're going to react to what happened just now and what happened mm. against Spurs. But I do... I don't know. Like, we weren't talking about... oh. Obviously, we all know where the, the kind of holes are in the squad and where, what we want to do in the summer. But we weren't talking about well, we didn't sign a striker in January after winning four in the row, four in a row, sorry. And when we went on a run, just beat Villa one 0 and we were, I think, six points clear. Was it six? But isn't that isn't that natural though, Mike? Aren't you going to you know if after you win, you're going to obviously reflect on the things that went well and after you put. A spell no, but what, together, I guess after we won that. and we won that run, no one. I don't think any of us were getting carried away. Was saying right, we're definitely going to finish top four, and then next season we're going to do this. Like no one was getting carried away, but I feel like we're getting a little bit carried away in terms not carried away maybe I just feel like we're reacting a little bit to stuff that we've known for the last few months and yeah in on in hindsight of course yeah we if we could have got in a 20-30 million pound strike it probably would have made a difference would it have been enough yeah. who knows but you know yeah I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah I think it's fair enough so I get, maybe that's a good opportunity to just like change the lens a bit and look forward yeah so if we if we look forward at this point Right, barring a bloody miracle, which I think none of us believe is going to happen, so there's no point in talking about it. We are going to finish fifth. We're not going to finish fourth, right? So we we'll be playing Europa League football this you know, in the summer. Allegedly, some of the sounds that have been coming out over the last however many months has been that the strategy that we have in place for the summer doesn't really change. I don't know whether you believe that or not, but you know, allegedly, kind of, there's a strategy that they they know the sorts of players that they want to get in the summer, and they they're going to crack on with that strategy. Do, do you, look, do you think stepping back from it, this is a, a season now? You know, we we finished eighth, we're now fifth, we're going to play in the Europa League. The squad's going to be a little bit older. The, you know, the younger players in the squad are going to be a bit older. There's certainly going to be some players leaving. You know, this summer now, some of the older older guard, uh, and there'll be some players moving. You know, c- coming in. Are you, you know, Aaron? And I'll go to you for this. Do you feel optimistic? I know this is a this is a tough night to to feel any sort of sort of optimism, but do you feel optimistic? Just with kind of bearing in mind everything that I've just said, and you know, anything else you think we should take into account? Yeah, I do. There's still a lot to be excited about with this team, and you know, the the good thing is hopefully we will learn from this like i said i feel like with this team and these players had to go through this um to kind of get to where they were it was never just going to be a case of we would cruise this run in if we were gonna get over the line it was always going to be a scrappy goal where someone you know a one nil here a one nil there and just you know just sneaking over the line and you know unfortunately we've just fallen short instead um i think that I think the optimism will depend on what happens this summer and like what, you know, hopefully that we're not taking more gambles again next year, next summer and this summer and next season. That's what I'm, I want to see is like, we took these gambles of not getting a striker because we were promised, okay, the long-term plan is that um, we, 
we probably didn't sign a midfielder. We, you know, we gave Jacker a new contract and extended him out because we thought actually it's better to keep him and like manage the squad better. But at some point, all these decisions have to start yeah. coming good, and you have to show why you've done these things. So, so, so do you think that if we go in the summer and uh, say sign a sign a striker, basically complete the puzzle, <laughs> if you like, right? Yeah. Like we've been they've been talking about this kind of puzzle almost like in different words that's being created. So. If we go do those things, Arteta will have had two and a half full seasons under his belt, right? So he's he's going into his third full season with a reshaped squad, etc. You know, what? But ignore everything else that's happening with other teams. Ignore everything else for a second. If he finishes fifth again, is that acceptable? Um. I would probably say no. Doesn't it? Doesn't it all depend on what the other teams do? But like, can you? I, I guess this is the this is the this is the problem with this, right? Because we can always say that, and well, and unfortunately, that's just the reality of what football's going to be like, right? There's going to be other teams that's going to do. We've got Newcastle. We've got all these kind of other teams doing stuff, and they're all in the same position. They've got other clubs that they are looking around at, seeing what's this club going to do, what's that club going to do. I guess one of the you know some of the people who have reacted harshest to us not finishing fourth you know some of the arsenal fans who, who, who reacted in that way to a certain extent go on a very similar theme to what jamie carragher and 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 gary neville were sort of saying was that it's sort of now sort of we're getting into this era that when you have an opportunity to get in the champions league you bloody take it because there's really really like not that many guarantees that you're going to be there the next season irrespective of you whether you plan the best etc and if you look at us like you said right you know there, there's there's other clubs there's we might get lucky with Chelsea if if they just fold or whatever, yeah. But aside from that, you know, Man United are going to get better under a new manager. You've got Newcastle doing whatever madness they're doing. There's lots of things. There's lots of other things which which you know might not go in our favour. Um. So again, I guess you know, I suppose then I'll go to 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 you, Mize. It sounds like you do you do disagree. Then if we. If we finish fifth, would you say would you have to assess what all the other clubs have done before you'd say? I think that Arteta needs to be judged in a harsh way. Yeah, I mean it's a really tough one, isn't it? I like I said at the start of this season. I think it was at the start of this season we were talking about. You know, I think we were talking about kind of what's success and what's failure, and I can't remember what where we predicted and what we thought the target was, but we were kind of saying like fifth. Fifth is you know where we should be trying to finish, and my my. I, I always, I mean, look, it all comes down to points, right? But if you end up finishing fifth by a point on goal difference, whatever, it does it does make a difference because you have to look at the manager from the time that they've joined. Okay, obviously position is what dictates how successful you are and trophies and all of that. But at the same time, if you're looking at, if you're looking, if you're not looking at first and you're not looking at, I know we are looking at top four, but you could potentially argue, some people might argue that, if you're kind of improving your points tally, or not, not even if you're improving your points tally, if you're if you're a point or fourth come the end of next season, that's not success. But does that warrant failure either? Like, you, is it as black and white as that? I'm not sure it is, and I'm not saying that it necessarily is or isn't. My, yeah. So, but my my worry for next season, yeah. I mean, look, the, the obvious one that yeah, Carragher and Neville made about having to juggle Europa League now is is big. My worry, like, for example, let, let me just ask you guys a question. So we're, we've obviously been heavily linked with Gabriel Jesus, right? And it kind of sounds like that deal's personal terms agreed, all of it, all of that. 
do you think he still wants to? Do you think he still signs for Arsenal? Knowing where we're not in charge, like- uh, I don't know. I don't. I think it would be if this long-term plan that we were sold was contingent on us getting Champions League football. Mm. Then that would be a bit of a stupid long-term plan for the club to build, don't you think? What do you mean, sorry? I mean, like we've been sold this, and I think so. To go back to the re- the reason I was saying fifth would be a failure next season is because, like I said, we essentially threw away to a certain extent yeah. Champions yeah. League this season. Because we said we are saving it for a long-term plan that we've been building for three years. If that th- that three-year plan doesn't come good next season, then we should have just gone out and gone for break. Yes, yeah, so I'm not. I'm not saying that fifth um, is always so, a failure. Because, but but I guess the question I'm asked. So the question, I'm, yeah, fine. I, I'm not. I agree with that. But so the question a, a to go back like to your Jesus, Jesus question. Yeah. Question. Yeah. So, but then if this long-term plan was then also then contingent on us getting Champions League, when we've just kind of discussed that actually the plan was for us to never have Champions League because we're building this long-term plan that is basically said we're happy with fifth. Mm. We can't be secure, basing and trying to convince targets based on... But surely that's what happened, Champions right? League. We were we were yeah. sort of close to Champions League. Hey, just, it's probably a player we've been linked with before, I don't know. But this actually became like a, a real thing where it looks like we, we've agreed personal terms with him, having been sitting kind of in fourth place. And... You know, would you not be surprised now if that deal doesn't happen? Because he probably said, you know, I want to wait and see what happens at the end of the season. If Arsenal qualify for the Champions League, yeah, of course they're going to pay me Champions League money. I'm a Champions League player, which he obviously is. I don't maybe. So then, maybe, so then, maybe, maybe that's so good. that. So that, yeah, my worry then for next season is now, who do we? If that, like, in that scenario, if we just assume for the sake of for the sake of making an assumption that we don't get Hazus, there's probably a whole load of other players that are in that kind of first bucket of targets that now just just become unattainable that's fine but again the the club and the manager and you know edu and whoever else is involved should still have a plan for us to compete for champions league yeah without a a hazard right there should be a plan say what is that how are we gonna i don't don't disagree with that but the point that was going on to make was that so now you go into next season um, you need a Europa League squad, not a Champions League squad. So it isn't just about who do you bring in, the level of play that you can bring in. Can we bring in that world, whatever, top-level striker? But it's also now, okay, you look at an Inketia, you look at a Elneny, you look at a Cedric, and you say, well, these guys are settled players in the squad. I like them, as in Arteta likes them. I can't afford to bring in a top-class, sort of not top-class, you know, a, a very, very good, central midfielder I can't afford to bring in a Tielemann to kind of play bit part like play half the games or whatever you know whatever like you know so so I'm gonna to have to keep on any I'm gonna to have to keep Cedric and so you kind of that's that's my kind of initial worry really is now we now build for a Europa League squad where you do have to have squad fillers and sort of six out of ten type players and they're probably going to get Premier League minutes because that's just how it's going to work right because they're in the squad um Mm-hmm. And it also means that, yeah, yeah so, some of the plum of the players that we've been linked with, like Jesus, Tielemans are two examples. I'm, I'm not particularly a massive fan of Tielemans, if I'm being honest, but, you know, they're still, they still seem that I, I feel like we were linked with those players because we were, we were like, we seem to be favourites for the Champions League up until two games ago. And now we're not. I wonder if that changes quite, that, that you know, the, 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 the focus changes or the, you know, the targets change basically. Yeah. Um, I find that interesting sometimes, isn't it? Because although I agree with you, I often think if players are really, really using that, so for example, let's say with Gabriel Jesus, say if he's sitting there going, do you know what? 
I'm going to join Arsenal if they qualify for the Champions League this season. But if they don't, I'm not. I always find that a bit weird because ultimately there is every chance that we might not be in the Champions League the next season. There's every chance that that's going to happen, happen right? And if you're signing for, for yeah, you're probably going to sign a, a contract that is four or five years long. You really need to make peace with the fact that if you join Arsenal right now, there's every chance that we won't be consistently a Champions League team for the next few years. And you've got to just almost accept that. So part, part of me, but but I actually agree with you, Mize, and that I don't think players are that smart. Yeah. Exactly. I think it's quite short short termism. Or the agents, yeah. agents are good salespeople. Yeah, exactly, and all yeah. and all that kind of crap. But um, so I, but I have to say, I'm you know, I sort of think we are in agreement with this. I, I um, I agree, Aaron, and very much so in that I didn't think that um, you know, I I personally did not think that going for broke to get top four in January through making you know some kind of plaster type signings was the right thing to do. But that was on the basis that there was some plan. And 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 I've always felt that as much as I'm massively Arteta in, like I massively am, I still think he needs to be judged in the same way that any manager should be judged. I, I still think you yeah. know that he shouldn't he shouldn't be absolved of any sort of judgment. But I'm really willing to be patient with whoever the manager is at Arsenal Football Club. So I think if we've given a manager so many windows and so much support, time to kind of embed his ideas, et cetera, at some point the club needs to ask themselves, how far do they want us to go? And if the if the owners think that actually they're, they're willing to put in a certain amount of money and are okay for us to continue being a Europa side, fine. Do you know what? If they, if they believe that, then actually that's probably just the way that it's going to go. And, you know, he'll, Arteta will probably keep his job for, you know, however long or whatever. But I, 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 I'm getting the, I imagine that now that the Cronkies are investing more money, seemingly kind of, you know, every, every year, right now they've got this strategy where they're willing to stick by it for a little while. But I, I don't think it'll take that many more windows of them putting their hand in their pocket before they sort of look around a little bit and think, well, hang on a minute, like Tottenham just, Tottenham went and signed this like big manager and actually now they're playing in the Champions League, let's say regularly. I-, I wouldn't be surprised if after they start spending more and more money, they start thinking in that way. Because again, I can't imagine that they are spending this kind of money because seemingly they are dipping into their own pocket. And I-, I can't imagine they're doing that and will accept playing Europa League football for many more seasons. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. I think that's fair. I mean, look, we have to look at it. We haven't been in Europe for a year. Were we in Europe last year? I can't even remember now, to be honest. We were now, yeah, we were. Um, it's been that long. Um, Unai Emery, but, mate. Unai Emery. Oh, yeah, of course. Another, another painful one, but yeah. Um, yeah. And, like, playing in Europa League is progress, right? I know that sucks to hear it now, but it is. We could have played in the Conference League next season. Like, yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> so it's it's it's... I think it's the expectation. I, I've always said I think my expectation was at the start of the season for us to finish fifth. Anything lower would be failure. Um, but I think that the reason I said like why I thought we should have gone a bit more short term is if we had, if we start badly next summer, sorry, next season, there's no nowhere for Arteta to hide anymore. Yeah. Like he's had three years, two and a half, whatever. He's had a lot of windows. He's had that we're not going to buy now because we're going to buy big in summer and all this whole plan is going to come together. 
and the fans will start to get we're not going well, we're not going to start badly next season mate like when you say badly we might lose the first one or two but we're not going to go on, <clears throat> we're not going to be like 10 games in and we're sitting in the bottom half of the table like cause, but, I mean, like let's say 10 games in we're 7th right unless we're playing man city every right. week well 7th okay no, like, well, 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 I, I, I don't we have to go that extreme i think he, i think if yeah. we start the way that we started this season he, he's got a big problem yeah, I mean, I think fans will generally be a bit more patient in three games. Yeah, but like, let's say it's seven, eight, nine games in mm-hmm. and it's clear that... But you don't, you can't say that, mate, because that, again, I, I, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm looking at this differently, but that, okay, you say if we're sitting seventh, for example, after 10 games, the top seven, or apart from like the top three, could be really congested. It could be like a point between the three of like... Kind of like fine, seven. I think it's, okay, yeah. I would almost say forget about the league position. Yeah. But to actually say the way the team is looking, the way we're playing, but because yeah. the next season, the season, it has to come together, right? And if it doesn't look like it's coming together, if the attack is still looking a bit confused, if there's no real structure the way we play, if we're still, you know, let's just say if we're still bringing on Cedric or we're still bringing on Enketia off the bench or we're uh, El Nenny still getting minutes, for example, then if the plan isn't looking like it's coming together, I think fans will start to turn and we're like, we're, we're losing games at a somewhat frequent basis still. But if we had got Champions League this summer and we were seventh in a very similar place, I think fans would have been a bit more patient with him. I think it effectively would have bought him another year. And he, yeah. by not going for, by not gambling on a player. And look, there's, it's all hindsight. And it's all very easy to say it's with hindsight, right? We could have bought someone and we might still have, he might have been terrible, right? And we might not have done anything, right? But I think it's fair to assume one or two more reinforcements would have probably got us the three points or four points that we needed. Um, it's it's really put the pressure on him for next season. Well, I take progress next season. So, so for example, if we finished next season fifth, but say, you know, we won the FA Cup or if we won the Europa League or something like that, I think that's still something that we could be proud about, and I think that you know you, you, at least there's 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 progress. But I think he just he, you know I think that's I think he, he he needs to progress every season now. It's not like he can take a season to just go oh I've dipped again oh well because I think to it, it, to warrant that you need to have achieved something, and like you say if he had achieved top four then maybe you know he he would be get he could get away with another dip, but you know he's 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 had a a lot of support and and rightfully so you know and i'm actually i'm actually optimistic by the way right i'm actually i'm actually not i'm not i I, yeah exactly so i i don't i'm obviously just really disappointed that we've lost today and that we're not going to play champions league football i'm 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 disappointed just as a fan who always wants us to do as well as we can right but but at the same time i do believe that actually in some ways Playing in the Europa League is just another opportunity for these young players to try and achieve something a little bit more achievable. It's 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 just something else which won't necessarily have the same pressure as the Champions League, and it's and it is a young squad. The actual bigger concern that I have is something that 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 my said, which I think has only really magnified since he said it in my mind, which is that what I, I don't I don't want the fact that we're playing Europa League to be an excuse for us to kind of go, actually, you know what? Some of these people that we weren't getting rid of. It will, mate. I think we, you can, we, you can we see it happening, get, right? But, yeah, that is a big Because worry. the problem is it then takes you another season to move yeah, on yeah, from exactly. that. Exactly. Right. 100%. But you can yeah. show, because obviously the, the the work that we had to do, even if we got Champions League, was massive yeah. because we don't, we've had a, we, we've had a squad that 
you're sort of fit for Premier League only or domestic tro- domestic competitions only. Excuse me. <clears throat> so yeah, I think I think to to uh, it's almost like a case of there's too much to do in one window. We'll do the El- we'll or maybe not on any like. Um, Cedric, for example, will keep him this season and try and sort. You know, we're not going to get any money for him next season. Like, there's going to be that kind of thinking because they've got to address so many problems and grow the squad and deal with all the players that are coming back from loan and you know working out what's happening with them, which I'm sure is kind of already already happening anyway. But and sorting out, you know, like I, I don't know, like Eddie just seems like a perfect. I said this before, right, a few episodes ago. Eddie's a perfect Europa League player for me, but he's not. I'm not saying we should keep him on that basis, but you know. There's, yeah. there's, there's, a, there's also a big. You've also got to think about, think about it like this, right? There's, there's a big, there, from a, from a manager and coach's perspective, to have the same faces there next season, and know the player that you're coaching versus bringing in, like another type Enketia type player in terms of maybe a young striker who you want to kind of mold and grow whatever, and is going to play like ten or twenty games in the season. You'd probably say, I'd just rather keep Enketia. It's just so much less hassle. Yeah, he's not going to be. He's not going to be in a Bamiyang, but I know what I'm going to get from him. He's already settled in the squad. He knows everyone. I know he fits in, blah, blah, blah. Like from a manager perspective, when you're managing 20, 25 players, that's probably quite a big thing. So, But do might- you think Arteta really wants that, mate? Because I get the impression with Arteta, he genuinely is very aspirational. And I think he, he is... But I think he likes Eddie. I think he likes Eddie. If he likes Eddie and Eddie comes good, that's fine. And if Eddie, I don't know if Eddie's going to come good, but I'm saying I think he likes Eddie, and I think. Well, that's that's on that's on the manager, right? If Eddie's not good, yeah, no, no. But I'm just talking, him, I'm just talking on... at what, what Raj was saying. The concern about you know, kind of, what do we do in the summer? Basically, now that it the now that we've got Europa League football instead of Champions League football, I'm saying when you've got Champions League football, you have to, you absolutely have to go and get, you know, if you want to do anything in the Champions League, if you even want to probably get out of your group, considering we would have been second pot, third pot, we wouldn't have been seeded. You probably have to go and buy top, top quality and you have the budget to back that and whatever. When you get Europa League, it's very, very different. So yeah, I just, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the guys we're seeing now and we're sort of complaining about now are are still around next season. But do you think that's acceptable? I don't know. I, I, I mean, as a fan, there's obviously players that I like and players I don't like, right? So, and players I rate and players I don't. So, of course, I'm going to say, Cedric, let's sell him. Uh, and Ketia, let him go. I'd rather replace him with someone else. But, you know, it's all football manager stuff. How, you know. But I mean, like, if, let's assume that Arteta's also, you know, sees what we see or sees what you see in the players, right? Let's just take Cedric, El Nene. <sighs> And Ketty is probably good. But Elneny is, perfe- is the perfect Europa League group stage player. He's the perfect... Is he though? Yeah, of course he is. Well, like you don't... So you can but- rest your central midfield. You know what you're going to get from him. He's on low wages. He's not going to complain about being a bit part player. He is solid enough. He does a job. Like Raj said, he doesn't... He never makes a glaring ever glaring error. He's never the jacker of the team where every 10 games he does a complete cock up and costs the team the, the gate or costs, costs the game. So... Of course he is, yeah. Like for six, eight games, or I don't know how how many games the initial stage of the Europa League is anymore because they've changed changing it, whatever. But let's say six, eight, ten games, you just rely on him and chuck him in, and it means you can rest Thomas Partey. Surely, like it, make, it makes complete sense, right? Like what what is there to question? I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but I'm saying if you're Arteta, you would probably look at it like that because you're now not looking at I need to build a Champions League squad. I need three Thomas Parties in my squad. No, you don't need three Thomas. You can't afford to have three Thomas Parties in your squad. No, but I think, I think in an ideal world, I think 
the way we should be building this team is like, well, okay, we're not in the Champions League, but we should be, you know, to be to get top four in the Premier League, you basically need a Champions League level squad now. Just about like we would have fluked it, at least not uh, like somewhat close to having Champions League. Um, and we, if we're going to be competing regularly for top four, we should still be building a Champions League level squad anyway. So I think, oh yeah, I, I agree. And I think we yeah. we need to be ruthless. And I think if we are, if we do still keep players like El Neni, if we do still keep players, you know, I'd I'd probably include Jacker in this. I'd include Cedric. I'd include uh, Holding. If I'm being ruthless, um, I I see all of those players being at Arsenal next season. Uh, maybe not. Maybe yeah. not El Neni because I think his his contract's up, right? So maybe not him. I think Cedric apparently, like Ramsdale did the Peter Peter Crouch podcast. I don't know if you guys heard it, but he basically yeah. said. Cedric is like Arteta's little teacher's pet. He loves him. He ha- yeah. yeah. So I, I, again, it comes back to what we see on the pitch is different to what Arteta sees on the training ground and you know behind the scenes, as it were. But that's different if Arteta wants to keep him, right? And that's that's his judgment. And that's and if that's his decision, that's fine. But if Arteta realizes that Cedric isn't good enough and we keep him because you know we can just about tolerate him at a Europa League level. And he sticks around, and then let's be real, he'll probably end up uh, playing some of these work? crucial uh, running games. Sorry to interrupt, but that I mean, he's so whatever the case, Arteta's going to keep him if he wants him, but he's not if he doesn't want to keep him, he's not going to keep him, right? <laughs> no, but it's more just like if Arteta wants to get rid of him, also it's like this player's not good enough, yeah. but actually, we to sell him, we might not get enough money, and we don't have then the money to reinvest in a, in a squad player for the Europa League, when someone else could say, actually, if you keep him, you can just play him for six games in the Europa League and he'll be all right. Um, and then we kind of just settle, put it that way, for a player like Cedric. But that's that's the I that's the point though, isn't it? Yeah, I think we are. Yeah, I don't think settles. that's I don't think that's acceptable. I don't think that's acceptable. I think we should be building. But in fairness, mate, don't, you know, because we are in Europe, we need a bigger squad anyway. Yeah. So exactly. let's say a lot of those players. Stay. We need a bigger squad, and we need a better. Yeah, squad. but let's just say those players stay, right? So a lot of those names that you played stayed that you mentioned stay let's say they stay fine whatever we still need basically another player in all of those positions anyway so those yeah. players you know Cedric's your Elneny's your whoever Holdings etc they just go lower and lower in the pecking order and they will get games in the you know in the Europa or in the Carling Cup or the whatever like they'll they will play those minutes I, I suppose for me I guess where I'm going with this is I'm sort of okay with that happening as long as we do by those other players right team. for the first team like i i and my only concern well, is the that first 11 the first 11 uh, and like plus, plus four or five yeah players, right? fine but yeah. so my bigger my, my concern i guess is if we don't and if we kind of go actually maybe we can actually rely on this guy yeah. a little bit more and all that kind of stuff i, I really don't want that um anyway look I, I it feels like we're going to have loads more opportunity for squad building conversations uh it's going to be a long summer although actually calendar wise a shorter summer Sorry. right because we actually start so where before you move on where's the europa league final next season <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. we probably should look that up i don't know and the other thing i was thinking that's quite interesting which we probably you know didn't reflect on is because of the changes in the uh in the champions league kind of qualification stuff actually after is it 2024 the you know fifth place is probably good enough to finish in the, in the Champions League. Uh, if um, you know if if if, 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 exactly. if these English, if these English teams I look forward okay. for the race for fifth. Now. Yeah, um, like, but you know I don't don't but don't be surprised though, right? If that does factor in their 
minds a little bit. If they're building this team for the future in inverted commas, 2024 isn't that far away. If Liverpool, Man City carry on doing the way that they're doing and Chelsea, the likelihood is we will get that fifth place will be available to the Premier League. So I wonder if that does factor into, you know, what the owners are thinking right now. But anyway, you know, plenty of time to talk about that another time because we've, 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 we've run up quite a lot of time already. Very, very quickly talking about the Everton game. It just feels like an incredibly frustrating game to even think about. I'm not sure anyone has much to say about it aside from how do you think the guys are going to approach it? Do you think that they're going to play with any level of motivation after what you've just seen? Conversely, do you, you know, do you think that actually they probably think, well, we've got literally nothing to lose because yeah, you we're know gonna, we're going to win like five nil now, aren't we? <laughs> what still. do you think? Well, if we win like fourteen, Spurs <laughs> drew, yeah, draw, yeah, then um, it's back on. But um, <laughs> no, I don't know, man. Um, I yeah, it's going to be a bit anticlimactic, isn't it? Um, we'll probably win. I think Spurs will probably win, and that. I bet. Happen. I bet you Spurs go one down, and then we get all excited. And then they come back to win. And they win 5-1. Because some, something always happens on the final day that like makes you a little bit excited. But yeah. It would be really funny if they lost there, wouldn't it? Like, yeah. after all this, yeah. if they <laughs> lost. <laughs> but the worst thing, the worst thing that could happen is they lose and we don't win. Yeah, or even worse yeah, is that we, they what draw and we win. And then it goes to the goal difference, doesn't it? Yeah. And then it comes back to what we were talking about, Raj, about that point at Liverpool. Yeah, 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 exactly. It really does. It really does. I can't believe that we've got in this situation where it's come this this close yet. But again, you know, we, we were talking about it in our chat right now. It's that time of the season now where when things get this close that you reflect on all those marginal games throughout the season. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about the game that Tottenham won in injury time against Leicester when they scored two goals in the 94th and 95th minute or whatever. I was thinking even the other games that kind of just didn't go for us, like the the Brighton game when Martinelli's goal was ruled offside and, you know, the amount of angles they took to to to, to look at that. Those kind of games, those kind of results, yeah, I'm sure there's others if we could kind of just really go through them. And it's 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 tough, isn't it? It's really tough. I yeah, I can't help but feel, despite how bad we played today, that we have just been horrendously unlucky as well this season. Um, <laughs> just with injuries, like you're not going to say VAR and uh, ref, ref, like just decisions. Like I know these, I know people say that these things even themselves out. But. I don't think we've been unlucky with injuries, mate. I think, I, I think sometimes we've been not, unlucky with injuries. I mean, I think, today we had no fullbacks. We had no fullbacks. Yeah, but we had two centre backs. Tommy Asu. What do you mean we had? No, we had Tommy Asu. But he he went off, didn't he? And yeah. Then, okay. Um, but yeah. Uh, and then so we had Tavares. We had Cedric. But we've had uh, we had. We have had no striker for basically the second half of the season. That's not down to injuries, um, though, is it? That's that's the squad. Like we played the players <laughs> no, no, we have. We, we have two strikers. No, played no, no. both. No, no, that's not down to injuries. I don't know, that's man. I think we had like Party played most of the season. I know he's been injured a while. Tierney played what half the season. Yeah, okay, it's not ideal, but you know Ben White and Gabriel stayed fit up until now, pretty much. They played like almost every game. Ben White was only out for the last couple of games. Jacques has been fit the whole season. Saka has been fit the whole season. Erdogan has been fit the whole season. Yeah, it, it, look, it's one I of those things, it, mate, though. But, you know, you look at it and Tottenham came into the game against us and they lost Romero and, yeah. and Reguilón, who starts for them, you know, had been out for a little while. So, you know, they, I think teams have it anyway. Um, it, 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 it is what it is. Huh? Uh, Europa League final, Budapest yeah. next season. Wicked. Oh, My return to Budapest. True. 
How early should we? Yeah, should we? Fucking out. Yeah. I don't know if it might be a bit early, but yeah, let's let's book up, man. And then Dublin the year after, and Bill Powell the year after that. If you're interested, so. it's just fun trips if we get there. Really yeah. What about the group stages? It's oh, gonna be a slog, isn't it? Yeah. Just ah, oh, what's that? Carabag and Olympiacos. No, Olympiacos were probably the Champions League, weren't they? I don't even know. Um, some random French team. Anyway, Ugh. boys, that was a fun ride. S one perspective. <laughs> it could be worse. We could be Man United. Remember, we could be Man United. Um, let's hope they don't do a madness this summer. But uh, anyway, listen, guys, it's been a pleasure going through this pain with you guys. Uh, thank you for <laughs> doing. I genuinely feel better after this. By the way, I don't. I genuinely feel I'm gonna because now I'm gonna go on Twitter and all the other places and start reading everything. And it's just gonna be like, oh man. I, tomorrow's the worst one when you wake up in the morning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. First thing you think and about. You're just like, ah. Oh. We haven't mentioned. We 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 really did mention that the fact that we lasted so long without conceding, and then to concede after a foul throw, which I know is debatable as to whether it was a foul throw or not, but. To think that you know you kind of you do everything you can, you hold it together, you make blocks, it you make. It wasn't a foul throw, though. I mean, I, I know it's not, it means nothing now because yeah. we deserve to lose. But yeah, yeah, weird, weird decision, weird decision, weird. What's season. that mean? Bad luck. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, all right, guys, thank you, thank you, everyone, for listening. If you bed, if you if you kept with us this whole time, really respect to you guys. To be honest, respect to anyone who's listened to this whole episode, unless you're a Tottenham fan, which. You know, we, I we imagine that some you. because I know there are some Tottenham fans. There's a few of you guys. I know who you are, Steve, Jason, both of you. I know that you two specific people who listened to the whole of this episode <laughs> when we lost to you <laughs> the they? other day. Yeah, yeah, they, they did. You know, uh, so um, wankers. So, so, um, so <laughs> you guys, that. <laughs> you go. Yeah, you don't know. We do really appreciate your views, <laughs> but no, um, we don't. Get off. Tell them to unsubscribe. We don't need them. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna go into single digits then mate <laughs> if you're not careful okay all right guys uh all right, on that note listen if you have listened this whole way please like subscribe share all those good things and we are going to record not on the whistle on on sunday but you know probably soonish the week after and just kind of do a debrief we'll, we'll think of something fun to do but um cool thank you for joining us guys everyone have a <sighs> Have a good good week. I know it's going to be a, maybe a little bit of a tough one, but hopefully we helped you digest. So take care and goodbye. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Bye. See you guys.